0: Love is in the air, and there are a few things that I love more than a profitable restaurant. What's your plan to ensure that this Valentine's Day is your most profitable yet? Connect with the Yelp for Restaurants restaurant expert to gain access to the tools and tactics you need to have a banner Valentine's Day. Visit restaurants.yelp.com to start planning today. Now here we go. Go to the apartment complex and drop off a couple of menus and gift cards. That is not how you create evangelists for your brand. You invite them in, call them on the phone. Because if you can talk to a hundred people that each have access to a hundred to a thousand people, you will never need to worry about brand awareness again. And so that way we can amplify the message that we're creating here. And it's simple things like that. That I think have the greatest impact on your business. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house.
1: I'm excited to have you as my guest.
0: The pleasure is all mine, sir.
1: You are too kind as always. Do me a favor, we're going to talk about how to scale your restaurant and how marketing fits into that and the pieces that go with it. But before we do that, can you tell people a little bit about yourself? Because I'm mistaken. You've got a Michelin star.
0: Uh, you are slightly mistaken. I wish I had a Michelin star. I have a Bib Gourmand. Before Give me the story. I uh, will. I spent my entire life in this industry. Uh, I started out in nightlife in the early 2000s. I was running nightclubs in Hollywood. Not as glamorous as it would seem, but I used the leverage that I had there. Uh, to open my first dive bar in Hollywood in 2010. It did incredibly well. And so I thought to myself, I've done so well in nightlife, let me dip my toe in the waters of fine dining. How hard could it possibly be? And it was an absolute nightmare. It was a trial by fire, but we found ourselves six years later, Michelin rated and working towards a star. Out of that fine dining restaurant, we spun out a fast casual concept. And so, I mean, if I was to toot my own horn for just a minute, We were three of the most successful concepts in every tier of dining in one of the most competitive markets in the country.
1: Why do you think that was? was What was that magic sauce?
0: Marketing is really all it was. I can tell you this. I mean, obviously, if I was included in the Michelin Guide, I care about food and beverage a lot. But I will tell you this, I never competed on food and beverage. For me, I always wanted to be a better marketer than my neighbors, a better marketer than my competitors. And in having a central focus on becoming the best marketer I could be, not only did it provide a great platform for great restaurants, but it's also enabled me to begin this evolution into media and teaching as well.
1: Well, so give our listeners an example. When you say wildly successful, I happen to know a little inside track of the change you made in your restaurant sales in about an 18 month period of time. Can you talk about that a little bit so people can kind of put it in perspective?
0: Absolutely. So let's flash back to and proper in the early days. In the first year, I lost a quarter million dollars, which is an exceptional amount of money to lose in your first year after spending a couple of million dollars building out a restaurant. In the beginning of year two, I brought in a new executive chef. I took over as general manager and we spent a year doing great work, making up for all of the mistakes that we had originally made, but we still didn't scale and we still weren't profitable yet. And so what I did was I hired a restaurant consultant, which I felt like was the right decision. I wanted to learn from someone else. And the guy brought in a whole team and they observed my team for 30 days straight, They went through our books, it was an exhaustive check, and 31 days later, we sat down and he told me the reason we're not making any money is because we're not making enough money. And then he packed up his briefcase and walked out the room. And that's when I realized, to be quite candid with you, that I was fucked. And so I needed to figure it out on my own. And so I decided to do a thousand things. I was going to do as many things as it took to figure out what were the things that would actually move this business forward and help us scale. Of the thousand I did over the course of 18 months, probably 12 had an impact. We'll discuss those today. And in 18 months, I took a three-year-old restaurant from 1.4 to $3.6 million.
1: It's pretty incredible. And one of the reasons why, you know, you and I hit it off from the time we met each other is you possess a growth mindset as an entrepreneur whether you're a coach now and teaching people how to market but you're a restaurant guy the fact is you didn't fold up your tent and go oh it's the government's fault it's the vendor's fault my employees fault that's you know never looking at yourself you said i'm doing something wrong i need to learn and do something different and the interesting part is i know you're not exaggerating when you say you did about a thousand things but the fact of the matter is you didn't let a challenge stop you dead in your tracks and i think that's probably one big takeaway i hope people listen to i mean That is incredibly powerful. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about why mindset is so important to the ability for you to have made that change and working with your clients when you're teaching them
0: Well, I'll talk to you about the most pivotal moment, the most important thought I've ever had in my professional life. It was around this time that I decided to do the thousand things because I certainly felt like throwing in the towel in that moment as the consultant was vacating the building. And it's this idea that the restaurant industry has been around for thousands of years. In every problem, whether we're talking about leadership, profitability, marketing, compliance, management, these are all solved problems. I don't have the solution in this moment in time, but that solution exists. If not within our industry, then beyond our industry. And that gave me that growth mindset that you're talking about to say, you know what? Any problem I'm facing has already been solved by someone else. I just need to find that person. I just need to find that book.
1: I love that, that's phenomenal because you have to subscribe to that. There are other restaurateurs had the same challenge as you did, and many of those just went belly up because they threw in the talent that it's impossible. I'm only as good as what I know, this is what I know, it's not gonna change and we're out. And so it really is powerful and I think that it also makes you such a strong coach because I know I've got some of my members work with you and how thrilled they are because you do come at it with a growth mindset, like we can get through anything. You just gotta learn and and often, I. I do a shoot the shit with DSP on Fridays on Facebook Live for my private group. And this last week of us recording now is I talked about fear, how fear can stop entrepreneurs dead in the tracks. Because one of the things is fear actually equals pain and we'll do anything to avoid or fix pain. And the truth of the matter is often we get ourselves in a mindset where we're a magnet that has been flipped. So instead of being attracted, we're actually repelling away from any solutions or any challenges we have because we want to run away from it. And the truth of the matter is there's one thing that fixes it all, it's knowledge. Like literally, you gotta go get the knowledge. You've gotta be willing to say, I don't know what I don't know and go freaking find it. Now it's hit or miss from time to time, but the truth of the matter is you never stop looking. Would you agree with that?
0: I would agree with that, but I would say that there's another part to it. And I would say that this is the part that most people lack. Derek Sivers says that if knowledge was enough, everyone would be a billionaire with a six pack, right? Because everybody knows how to get in shape and everybody knows how to make a lot of money. The genius is in the doing. That's where the excellence lies. And so without coaching, without community, most folks don't make it there, right? Everything that we're going to talk about today is simple. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it is incredibly simple to accomplish. You just have to do it.
1: Yep. Ideas are cheap. And so people put them in action are priceless. So let's get into the action. So you've got something you call your three keys to scaling your business, what does that mean? What are those keys? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: I can, so, you know, in doing a thousand things and I think that as restaurateurs, we are constantly working to improve our businesses. We're just working on the wrong things. And so when you distill down, what are the three levers that actually move your business forward and get you what you want? It's three things. The first is a profitable revenue model, right? That you have maximized profitability for your restaurant. The second is your ability to get attention because that's what drives new business. And then the third is ultimately customer frequency, right? Being able to drive your customers to your business when you need them most. And so those are the three keys. And if you think about like a good to great, Jim Collins-esque flywheel, right? Anytime you put your attention, your focus, your effort into one of those three things, that flywheel is going to spin faster. So with my coaching clients, with all of the content that I put out there, it is all to apply pressure in one of these three areas.
1: Well, let's start off, let's talk about revenue because revenue is often people think it's the magic pill to making money in the restaurant business. And quite honestly, you could be losing money and drive all this customers in, do a shitty job, go out of business faster. Yes, at some point in time, you reach your break-even point and you're gonna work your ass off and tear the crap out of your building and your people to make a little bit. But the truth is, more revenue is not always the answer, although revenue does cure all ills. Can you talk about revenue, what you mean by that?
0: And More specifically, what we're talking about is your revenue model, right? As opposed to just forcing top line revenue sales. Because you're right. And you talk about this a lot through all of the content that you put out there. But if you're not making money today, most of the restaurateurs I talk with or hundreds or thousands of dollars away from making real money, right? If I could just make an extra $3,000 a week, I'll be rolling in the cash. Sadly, math doesn't work that way. Those top line sales never float effortlessly to the bottom, right? The more money you make, the harder you work, the higher your expenses are, the less money you end up making. So if you're not netting out 10 to 15 to 20% today, that's job one. You don't have a marketing problem yet. You will soon, but right now you have a profitability issue. So what I recommend is I recommend that you come up with a profitable model today that works within the confines of your existing business.
1: Well, beautiful part about this, that's where I fit in, but I'm not a marketing guy. I don't try and be a marketing guy. So that second piece, the attention part, that's critical is getting in front of people to say, hey, I'm here and we're good at what we do. But that's my assumption. What does attention mean to you?
0: Attention means exactly that. So to start with my preamble, it's that people are using social media wrong. Restaurants are posting a photo of a piece of pie with a call to action to come into the restaurant. And that doesn't inspire anyone. They might like your photo, but engagement on social media in that way does not always translate, and most times doesn't translate, to butts and seats. What are the things you look at on social media? It's compelling stories, right? It's narratives. And so if you use social media for its intended purpose, which is to get attention and not to sell, you'll actually have the opportunity to sell down the road. So instead of saying, here's our food, you should come eat it, say, this is who I am. This is why I built this restaurant. This is why I chose to serve this community. These are the members of my team. This is why I love them. This is why they love me. This is why we chose the cuisine we did. And in that way, you're indoctrinating people into your ideology. And instead of saying, if you're hungry, eat my food, you're saying, if you believe what I believe, then you will support the things that I do. And in that way, you're not competing with anyone on anything because no other restaurant has the one thing that you do, which is you.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, the world has changed so much over the last decade. And when it comes to social media and you and I both understand this all too well, the importance of video. And hence, so this podcast is gonna not only be a podcast, but it's gonna be YouTube as a video format because people like to consume that way. Well, I often talk to my restaurant owners about getting videos done for their business, but like, you don't need a professional videographer and it doesn't have to be the best lighting in the world. It needs to be authentic. And I think you subscribe to that because you've got one of my members who at the beginning, one of the first videos he did kind of felt like a robot going through. And each video that goes by, he gets more and more comfortable just by doing it. And how important that is. Can you talk about how that message and them getting to understand you are the owner, it may be an important, important aspect?
0: It's the most important aspect. So this is not something you can delegate to someone else. You just have to pick up the phone and do it. And you do it with two expectations. The first is, that it's going to be ugly, because it's going to be fucking ugly, right? But you get better with time. The more reps you do, the more comfortable you get with it. I go back, Dave, and I'm sure you do too, and I listen to podcasts I was a guest on two and three years ago, and I cringe. I go back and listen to the first episodes of my own podcast, and I cringe, right? You get better with time. If you start with the expectation that it's going to suck, that no one's going to judge you harshly, in the second expectation that you're doing one tomorrow too, you'll be in a really good place. If everybody took one to two minutes a day to put one video out there every single day, by the end of 30 days, you'd have 30 dirty reps under your belt, but you would also be in a position where you know who you are and what your message is because it's really hard to define that without talking about it.
1: And isn't it important to just kind of do in the sense that, As long as you're authentic, who cares? Because as long as you come out as who you are, that's what they're gonna grab onto, not the professional lighting and that you didn't stammer or you didn't look down or whatever it may be. It's like, wow, you're a real human being that is attached to that business that I like. And I'd rather, it's much harder to hate a person than it is to hate a business. So if I get to know you and we have a connection, I'm probably gonna give you a little more benefit of the doubt when you have a bad day because you are truly somebody I get to know. Does that sound reasonable?
0: one of the greatest determinants of success in our industry is our restaurants buildup. so many of us spend months or years running overtime and over budget on design and construction costs but it doesn't have to be that way my friends at socal restaurant design are experts in the field and they put together a checklist of things you need to know when building a restaurant to get access to this free resource, visit SoCalRestaurantDesign.com forward slash full comp. Again, that's SoCalRestaurantDesign.com forward slash full And let me say this as well. Like the purpose of all restaurant marketing isn't to get people in. It's to remind people that you exist. It has less to do with conversion on social media and even in your email marketing than it does with just reminding people who already know you, who already like you, that you exist and maybe you should come in today. That is ultimately the goal with it. And so when you set that standard and you start with those intentions, then it doesn't matter what you say. So I did like a five minute conversation on why everything in my restaurant was white, right? Because there was a reason behind it because everyone else had these dark restaurants with these dead animals on the wall. And I didn't want that for me. And there are specific reasons why. And when I explain that to people, more people came in. And the people that came in noticed that the walls were white because we have worked so hard as an industry to hide the effort that goes into an effortless experience that people don't see us as human. And I'm here to tell you that people do not support businesses. People support people. And so... If you can begin to attract people through social media in the way that the platform was intended, then you have the opportunity through your Yelp page, your TripAdvisor page, your Google listing, and your website to convert them. Now, this is a big idea, and I mean it sincerely. Customer intent is never higher than it is on those pages, not on social media. When you and your wife decide to go out to, to a restaurant, You don't go on Instagram to book the reservation. You don't scroll Instagram trying to figure out where to go. But if a customer is on your website or your Yelp page, they are looking to make a decision today. Yeah. Is the page set up to convert? Right. You know, that's the question. Does the photography and the copywriting and the critical information give them confidence that that is the decision that they need to be making today? That is the best restaurant for them. Have you told them how to engage with your restaurant in the most meaningful way? Are you showing food and beverage, or are you showing people eating and drinking? Because nobody's going out to eat, or nobody's going out to consume food. They're going out to dine. They're going out for an experience. So are you pitching that experience? Or when I go to your Yelp page, do I see a bunch of like flip phone photos that an octogenarian took of half-eaten food in poor light? It is up to you to put your best foot forward and those are the platforms where you can do it. And the last thing I'll say about marketing is this. Once you've used social media to hone your message and you know it resonates, and then you've moved that message to Yelp and TripAdvisor and to your website and you know it converts, then you amplify that winning message through press. And I'd ask you, what are pr companies best in the world at and my answer is relationships yeah right that's what it is one-to-one relationships they know every editor of every magazine they know every producer and publisher of every publication so when they want to get you pressed they reach out and you can do the same thing you can build those relationships simply by reaching out and offering value hey becky i saw the article you wrote about my neighbor I thought it was a great article. I love your ideas. I think that what we're doing is pretty cool and I'd like to share it with you. So if you'll come to my restaurant and dine, bring a friend. I'll spend two minutes at the table just to get to know you for a second. But I just want you to experience it. No strings attached. Because what I think we're doing here is pretty special and I think your viewers would too. Do that at scale and see what happens.
1: Pretty powerful. Let me chase one last squirrel before we leave this topic. And often people hear social media, and it means a lot of things to a lot of people. And all too often in the restaurant industry, too many restaurants are behind the times. So when they make the decision to go into social media, they're like, okay, well, we gotta get on Instagram, we gotta get on Facebook, we gotta get on Twitter, we gotta do this TikTok, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. And I was taught something, and I'm gonna make sure that it resonates and is true, it's better to be consistent on one platform than to spread yourself off willy-nilly to a bunch of platforms that you don't have dialed down. Like you get an Instagram, if that's where your guests are primarily, and you make it great, and then you add the next channel and the next channel. You don't just gotta shotgun approach all social media. Is that accurate or would you say yeah, that's wrong?
0: David, we're going to chase this squirrel, but it's a fast one. Get ready. All right, brother. Um, I would answer your question by not answering your question. Here's what I would ask. Where are your customers? Right. Where are you? Because you are your customers, right? So if all of your customers are on TikTok because you're on TikTok, then you should be on TikTok. And who gives a shit about Instagram? Who gives a shit about Facebook? If your crowd is the 45 to 65 crowd that loves to eat at 5 p.m. because you've owned a Jewish deli for 30 years, Facebook is your platform. But like, you should only be engaging on platforms that you are on organically, because if you are not your own audience, you are fucked to begin with, right? You can never get in the mind of your customer unless you are your customer. So what content are you producing? The content that would resonate with you. On what platforms are you putting that content out there? On the ones that would resonate with you. I'm not on YouTube. I'm not on TikTok. I don't even have it on my platform. I'm sure that a lot of people that give a shit about restaurants and restaurant coaching are, but those aren't my people. So I don't spend any time on those platforms.
1: Well, I think that it's pretty powerful when you bring it up that way that people often, again, want a shotgun approach. That's not where you do your thousand things. You pick, one of those things is social media. And I think that's really, really important. So I'm glad that you chased that squirrel with me, if you will. Let's go to the final piece of this, and that's frequency. Because I often tell people, I'm not a marketing guy. I don't try and be a marketing guy, but I've been around long enough that I know that there's only three ways to increase my sales. Get a brand new customer to come in, most expensive form of marketing. Get somebody to come back more often. Get somebody to come back and spend more each visit. And those two are probably the most powerful, the latter. Once you get them in and you did a great job, get them to come back more frequently, spend more, like you can absolutely explode your business. But what does frequency mean to you? Is it literally kind of going along that tried and true principle or is there some other magic to it?
0: So when I started down the frequency road, I asked myself a really simple question and I asked it of all my, my clients. Look at all of your revenue goals, right? Think about all of the money you want to make. If everyone that came to your restaurant once a month came twice a month, what would that do to your model, right? It would explode it, right? Everybody's mouth drops to the ground. Oh my God, that would be so much money. So that's the goal. That's the target with frequency. Get everyone that comes in once a month to come in twice a month. And if you can do that, because that is a large swath of most of our customer base, then you're golden. But it can't be haphazard. I would say that for most of us, when the pandemic hit, we fell into two categories, right? Like the first one was, I own my customer. I have all of their data and the permission to contact them. And I own my customer. I know what he looks like. I always compliment him on his haircut. And I think he works at this place down the street, right? Like, yeah. Both people thought they owned their customer. Only one owned them that customer on March twentieth of twenty twenty. We must collect customer data. We must, just like it is mandatory that you collect money from every customer that patronizes your restaurant, you must collect their data. And I'll say a couple of things about that. The first is is that they're giving you something of value, so you should give them something of value as well. The second thing that I'll say about that is you can take what we'll go through, which is a stacked, layered approach, so that you don't have to bribe them with shit, right? Do you want 10% off your meal to give me all of your personal information? No, not really. What about a free piece of pie? I'd rather pay for the pie and have you never contact me again. We shouldn't be bribing people in that way to get them to give us their information. They should want to do it willingly, and they should look forward to the first time we reach out.
1: I'm excited to hear because in the years that I've kind of been doing coaching and learning marketing for that, the experts, the marketing experts always talk about as an ethical bribe. Like you give me your email address and your name and I'm going to give you something you want to return. And that's how that exchange is done. So I'm excited to hear this new avenue, uh, at least new to me, I should say.
0: Let's pump it up. Maybe it's new to everybody. Maybe I'm a genius. We're about to find out. You ready? Yes, sir. Bring it. So you're sitting at a table, right? You're sitting at a table and I walk up and I'm your server, right? So I say, hey, did you enjoy the meal? And you're like, yeah, best meal of my life. Amazing. You know, we do these monthly events every month where we release a secret menu item. We only do it for 15 to 20 people. We do it as like a happy hour of it. You come in, it doesn't cost you a penny to participate, but we do it only for our VIP members. So if you wanna become a VIP member of the program, we'll let you know. You can text us right back. We'll secure you a spot for you and your friend. Um, we do a bunch of things like that. We do food and wine pairings once a month. We do these secret tastings. We do a bunch of research and development as well. So when we launch a new menu item, we want our VIP list to taste it and let us know what they think. We do all of these things. We do them multiple times a month and I'd love for you to participate. All I need is your name, phone number, and email address and birthday. And if you give me that, I can add you to the list. Would you do that? Yeah, you Oh would. yeah. Of course you would. Why wouldn't you, right? And so what did I do there? Number one, I got all of your info. And number two, I gave you a reason to come back, right? Because yeah. when you try that secret menu item, it's not a burger. It's a burger slider. Right. And it's a flight of three. So you're still going to be a little hungry and you're probably going to drink. Right. And also busy perpetuates busy. So I'm driving traffic off peak during time. So my most dedicated customers. Also, what are you talking about in your monthly newsletter? Right. You're pitching them on these events that you're throwing. So it's all stacked effort.
1: That's kind of where I'd love for you to cover is, you know, how these three things, revenue, attention, and frequency, fit together. Because, you know, right now they all make sense individually, but they've got to flow together as one system.
0: They do. So with your revenue model, like that's just the foundation, right? So once you figured out how to use your menu as a sales tool, once your pricing is exactly where it needs to be, once your steps of service are set to optimize your floor so that you're turning tables constantly and you're maximizing the the inventory in your restaurant, then you roll right into marketing, right? And the reason that marketing is the second phase of this is because messaging is everything. And until you know exactly who you are and what message is gonna resonate with your target audience, which most of us haven't even clearly defined, then it's really hard to move forward. But once you've clearly defined who your customer is and what messages resonate with them, it's really easy to bring them in while simultaneously ensuring that the people that are already coming in are coming back.
1: Well, I've got a little insight again, because I've got members who actually work with you organically already. And the beautiful part is when somebody hears you talk about your message, they often freeze. Oh, I don't write. I don't know how to communicate. I don't know how to do this. The beautiful part is you literally walk them through a step-by-step system. Like you can't fail to create your message. It's just follow this formula and boom, now you've got what you need to connect with your guest. That's accurate. Yes?
0: It is. So this is my whole deal, just to be completely candid with everyone listening. I spend a lot of time on the front end brainwashing you, right? Because if you believe what I believe, then you will do what I say. Because the vision here is to take you from being a restaurant manager with equity to becoming a restaurateur. And restaurant managers manage operations, right? But restaurateurs market. They are visionaries. They are the evangelists for their brands. And if you're not doing it, no one can do it for you. So what I spend most of my time doing is indoctrinating people into that philosophy in the early days together, so that when they get into the program, it's do these five things this week, these are the templates you're going to use to get it done. At that point, it's all simplified. Because again, you've already adopted the ideology, then we do what we said at the top of the conversation, which is we focus exclusively on execution. And then every week we get together in Momentum Calls, which is where all of the restaurateurs get together so that we can ideate and tackle any roadblocks that come up along the way.
1: That's phenomenal. And I've got a group of restaurant owners a week, group coaching program as well. And there's nothing more magical because they're not a competitor. They're going to be willing to show you the idea and what they did that netted them, you know, increase their sales by $200,000 versus being a neighbor that you love them, but you're hoping they die because you're taking my lunch sales and I don't want to deal with that. And so it becomes a safe place where we open up.
0: it also affords accountability. Amen. When you are working in the open, in public, it creates accountability. So when we get off the momentum call, the last thing we do is we say, this is what we're going to work on and accomplish this week. And if you don't, you get to explain to the group in the following week why you didn't, when everyone else did, when everyone else made the time to get it done. And in doing so, it inspires compliance with the program, which only stands to make you more money.
1: Right, right. What else am I missing? Is there anything that we haven't touched on you'd like to share with people? Again, it seems simple, but I know for a fact that there's a lot of steps to be done. I've seen your worksheets and I've had members <laughs> who literally love it and go, holy shit, this is a lot to do, but they follow it. They trust you, follow it, and get results. Is there anything else you want to share with people that we maybe didn't touch on?
0: Yeah. I want to talk about the one to 100 concept for a second. And it's all about leveraging network effect because I think it's a great way to spend your time. And I think that it adds fuel to the fire for both new customers and increasing customer frequency. And the idea here is that you find the stakeholders in your neighborhood that can amplify your voice and sell for you. What do they look like? They're hotel concierge. They're the managers of apartment complexes. They're local office managers. These are the people that can help you diversify revenue by ordering catering from you and boosting event sales. These are the people that can inspire new people to the community to patronize you. And the mistake that everyone makes is they go to them. They'll go to the apartment complex and drop off a couple of menus and gift cards. That is not how you create evangelists for your brand. You invite them in. Call them on the phone. We're open these days, these times. Come in whenever you want. Bring a friend. I want to share with you what we're doing here. Because if you can talk to 100 people that each have access to 100 to 1,000 people, you will never need to worry about brand awareness again. And so one of the things that we work on in the group is working smart right? Reaching out to one of those people every day, every week, every year. That way we can amplify the message that we're creating here. And it's simple things like that that I think have the greatest impact on your business.
1: Oh, uh, It's brilliant. It's re- awfully powerful. I hope everybody wrote that down. If there's a takeaway, you know, if you haven't taken notes by now, that is something that is so damn powerful. I think it's brilliant. So I don't want to puff up your head any more than it already is, but it's pretty brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So do I me a favor.
0: Flat get you everywhere with me.
1: <laughs> How would people contact you? They want to learn more about what you do in your coaching program. How would they do that?
0: I think that the best step forward is to go to planwithjosh.com, planwithjosh.com, and sign up for an hour-long coaching session. It'll be one-on-one. I'll work with you on goal setting. We'll work to identify any roadblocks to you achieving your goals in your business, and we'll work through those together. I would argue that. If you got anything from this 30 to 40 minute interview, can you imagine how much you'll get out of a 60 minute one-on-one session? It's completely free.
1: I think that's phenomenal. I will tell you, I don't bring you on my show unless I feel like I can put my name on you. And again, I've got tried and true proof members who work with you and in fact we're going to be talking about how we can get more of my members work with you because for all intents purposes the combination of what i do and what you do can really just load somebody's business so i'm excited about that josh i want to thank you so much for taking the time to share today i hope that everybody goes to your site opts in for that that one hour call what else you got for me as we part
0: last thing i would say is this nobody does marketing marketing is not this thing that happens in the abstract Marketing takes five minutes a day. It is one call. It is one email. It is one social media post. If you want to start marketing, you can start today. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Copel. You've been listening to Full Comp.